HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. This is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses and Seizures. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. To Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's May 24th, 2016. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. In honor of uh, Colorado's New Belgian Brewing entering the New York City market, we'll be talking with Phil Abel and Chip Newell from their, that brewery. And also in our studio are our good friends BR and Bob, uh, who are got a great podcast on WFMU and just came back from the Copenhagen Beer Celebration. And we might have a couple special calling guests. And Ann Becerra, we're back on the air, man. Yeah, it's been a while. I lost my voice a little bit, so you have to forgive me. Hopefully we can make this work. So a couple weeks ago at at, uh, one of the places you work, you hosted the big union uh, beer distributing, the trade tasting party. Yeah, we did the the, um, pre-party the night before, which turned out to be such a good slash bad idea. It was so wonderful, and we had so much fun, and all 40 lines at Taproom 307 was uh, from Union Beer. Live band, um, these guys were great. They were doing Queen covers and Prince and everyone's singing and dancing and the next day we got to the trade show and you know a lot of people were kind of rubbing their heads and <laughs> wondering why did i stay out so late but, but totally you, you, worth you it. got to them what a great show what were some of the the brands that, that had the reps at your party um we had a, a lot of the head brewers or the sales directors um from abita from alma gang from firestone walker from docks from she's left hand Flying Dog, Ninkasi. I mean, everybody was out. It was a really great showing. And, um, again, the trade show was awesome. You know, it was just my favorite table there was, well, not my favorite. They're all my favorite. But one of the standouts was the Hitachino from Japan. They had all of these really rare barrel-aged beers that they have. Uh, one was aged in cherry blossom wood that we'd never tried before, and it was a, a spontaneously fermented sake. That was just to die for. What a great wow. show. Well, there's some great things going on in New York. And just a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the Craft Brewers Conference, the, the CBC that we know, was in Philly. And a number of the brewers came up through New York. I know Faction Brewing from Alameda <laughs> stopped by Jimmy's number 43 and Odell's. And um, the guys from Yelp in, in, uh, in Netherlands. And I guess the show, we're going to talk about people that are coming to New York from other places and other places that we've been to. But let's introduce. So BR and Bob, we know you guys work for the Shelton Brothers. But one reason you're on the show is that you guys have been 
do your own podcast on WFNU. Tell us a little bit about that and about your trip to uh, Copenhagen. Yeah, well, we, we've been doing a podcast for five years now on WFMU, which is a nonprofit kind of community radio station based in Jersey City, New Jersey. I've been a fill-in DJ there for a bunch of years. And the podcast is called Beer Here. You can find it at beerhere.blogspot.com. Or you could just go to the WFMU website. You'll find a link to Beer Here. And, well, it's a podcast about beer. <laughs> and then that's great and awesome. And I guess you should listen to it. But on that note, so some of the guys like Faction and, and, and a lot of others, Tired Hands, they left Philly and they went to this beer festival in Copenhagen, the other CBC, which kind of is kind of cool. Copenhagen beer. How do you say CBC Con- in Danish? Anybody know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> CBC. CBC. <laughs> but he wrote it in, in right. English. Right. So, so tell us about that. Give us a little recap of uh Yeah, I think this was the, the fifth year. It's organized by Mikkeler Brewery. Um, and it's essentially, it started out kind of where the, the brewery invited their friends. Um, and now it's turned to this big festival, international festival. A requirement is that the brewer has to be present pouring the beer. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. They have a huge Scandinavian uh, section, so got to try a bunch of beers and breweries that never even heard of. Well, um, there's also a ton of American breweries that um, I had never had before, never had the opportunity. So they, Mikkel selects just what he thinks are the best breweries all over the world. So I was excited to get a lot of these American brewers. I was surprised at the, how many were there. So Did anything stand out in particular from, uh, from the U.S.? Let's see. Jester King, you know, that was pretty amazing. Um, Bagby was pretty great. Uh, oh, Jeff Bagby from Pizza Court? Yeah. yeah, I haven't had any of his stuff yet. That's cool. It's just, there were so many. I, thankfully, I took copious notes on, on my voice, voice notes on the iPhone. Still haven't transcribed them, but... I must have tried 100 different beers in two days. One thing I wanted to talk about, because it's kind of like, it seems like some of these stars are brewing. It's almost like you're a director in a film where you're going to cons and, and you know, other, I don't even know, Sundance for all these festivals. And let's all, and, and Phil and, and uh, Chip, you guys jump in too. Like, what is it about the new kind of, the new world of, of, of top brewers where the beer fest and, you know, how many places do you guys have to go uh, from New Belgium? A lot. <laughs> um, no, I think that beer festivals are awesome, and I think that the the big challenge with festivals is you know how they differentiate themselves from from others. You know, some are uh, big pours and a lot of fun and a lot of music, and others are you know way more about the beer and about what's limited and what you can't necessarily go find in the market. Um, and I, I like them both, you know. I like the full spectrum that beer festivals offer, and it just, you know, they're they're becoming so popular, and I think that that's a really good thing because it's connecting so many people who may not be into craft beer but th- yet. There's so many. I mean, there's like Shelton Brothers, the festival. There's Copenhagen Beer Conference. There's CBCs, the GABFs. BCTC. Par- BCTC. We like our letters. Yeah. I, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Paris Beer Week, which we got to check out. <laughs> which is, uh, speaking of, of letters, it's PBW, which is the same <laughs> as Philly Beer Week, so... Uh, yeah, I put a hashtag for CBC on Instagram last year, <clears throat> and somehow it was like um, the California Breastfeeding Convention as well. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, okay. A lot of milk We're not stouts. the only people that like, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so many people like our, our letters. That's, say it again, Bob. That's I, said no, no, I said they had a lot of milk stouts oh, and yeah. uh, very uh-huh. creamy, creamy beers. My, my. 
Lact- lactic, lactic acid. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, it's nice for beer fest too because it's like you know people that are just getting into it, you know, don't have to go to a bar and say, "Can I taste this and this and this and this and this?" or spend their fortune on you know trying things they don't like. It's a great way to to get to know your favorite beers. Well, tell me more about. I want to hear more about this Copenhagen Beer Fest. Um, well, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, again, like I say, some really unique beers. Um, as usual, places like Hill Farmstead, Surly had incredibly long lines. Jester King, um, but guys like Faction from Alameda, Faction, California, yeah, flew. They were near, they were in Philly for the CBC. Flew to New York. Flew to Copenhagen. Fontaflora from North Carolina was there. <clears throat> uh, Perennial came from St. Louis. Saw our good friend Jonathan Moxie out there. Um, I'm trying to think of now the other American breweries. I, I try to do more of the Europeans, uh, although, as Bob says, there are a lot of American ones that we just don't either don't get here on the East Coast or just haven't had. Boxing Cat. From, yeah, Boxing Cat from Japan was there. Um, There's also uh, <laughs> a lot of sour beers at this, at this fest, a ton of sour beers. You know, when we were at the Paris Beer Week, they were really focused on IPAs, and it was a little bit boring for us because, you know, IPA, America, we've had enough of it, or I have. <laughs> but uh, once we got to Copenhagen, sour, sour, sour. I think my favorite, maybe your favorite too, favorite beer was from a Swedish, no, Norwegian? Uh, they were Finnish, and I'm Finnish. not I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of the brewery. It's a very long Finnish word. But uh, they did a beet Berliner Weiss, and I guess it depends on what you think about beets. But it essentially it had thumbs up. sounds great fantastic color. You smelled it, and it had a wonderful beet aroma. Not vegetal, but very beet and earthy. Yeah. Um, and then the combination of the lactic. I was just thinking the, the same thing like beets from and goat cheese. Yeah. No, it, was, it was like a, a, a carbonated uh, borscht, cold oh. borscht with sour cream. Oh, so good. It needed just a sprig of dill to make it. Oh, I mean, it was you know it, that is something that could turn out terribly. It sounds like it could go go either way, and it was just fantastic. You know, we, we've just done so many. I'm, I'm trying to go. So we've had done so many shows about local beer and New York beer, and it's like we've had brewers going. You guys were in Copenhagen, and we've got a, a new brewery, New Belgian, which isn't that new, but here in New York City now. Um, you know, and what, what do you think about that? I mean, it's like there's 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 so many breweries in, in the world right now, and. No. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good. Obviously, it's good. I mean, it's it's something that people really enjoy, and I like that it's bringing people out and bringing people together. Um, <clears throat> but the more saturated it becomes, I think, the easier it is for confusion. You know, so I think things like the podcast, you know, beer here, beer sessions, or, or, or you know, great bars and bartenders and festivals where you can meet the brewer. It's really nice because it gives an extra layer of kind of connection to the beer because otherwise you walk into a beer school a store if you don't know what you're doing and if no one's there to guide you who know i mean <laughs> i get overwhelmed and i know fairly yeah. know a lot about it let's cut know? to the beer so so chip chip <clears throat> newell um just tell us your official position because you've got a hat that says beer ranger i i do i i still consider myself a, a beer ranger but i just moved out to new york city uh specifically greenpoint from atlanta i've been uh with New Belgium for seven years since we rolled out the Georgia market in 2009. Um, and so I just took on this position, and we hired three rangers for the Manhattan and Brooklyn area. Um, and I'm kind of splitting the Manhattan beer territory with a guy named Frank, who uh, is going to be managing a girl named Sierra, as well as my co-partner in crime today, Phil Ebel. All right. Phil, you've worked for other breweries in New York before, right? Yeah, so, um, yep, Phil Ebel, uh, Long Island Beer <laughs> Ranger. I get to keep the uh, the cool title. Um, yeah, I came from a Great South Bay Brewery out on Long Island. I was with them for uh, just under six years, where I was the, uh, I don't know, 
kind of did a lot of everything over there <laughs> except for make the beer. Uh, you know, I guess uh, you know, director of operations, uh, you know, senior vice president of the company. Um, you know, I just uh, you know, New Belgium came along, and you know, they called. You, I answered. I, it was actually I was only in town. I think for a, a full week, and then I met Phil out for a beer one Saturday afternoon, and you know, pretty much told him that you know, it just you're gonna be our guy, <laughs> and he just kind of you know skipped his way through the the interview process from there. So there really wasn't you know anyone um, else we even looked at for you know kind of his Long Island territory right there. He's the man out there, uh, and everybody knows him. So, um, Chip, how did you get involved in beer? Well, I I've only ever had a job in beer. You should pour us some of that beer. And yeah, no doubt. Actually, let's we got plenty more to crack here. Um, crack that so a whole yeah, we can crack citradelic fat tire. Um, I actually worked for a distributor one summer in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I'm from, and spent the the summer waking up at 4:30 in the morning and getting on beer trucks and uh, hustling beer in the, the the Baton Rouge heat. And my parents thought I was going to hate it, and I ended up loving it. And really went to UGA, took all my classes with kind of the beer industry in mind. And uh, I actually applied for a job with New Belgium right out of college after I did a case study on the company. I got a handwritten note back saying they were looking for someone with more um, distributor experience. And so uh, right after I graduated, I moved to Denver and started working for Anheuser-Busch Sales of Denver, along with a couple other folks that now work at New Belgium um, and, you know, was witnessed the the European, you know, takeover of a company. Tell us about the beer that we're drinking now. Uh, Citradelic. All right. So Citradelic is our brand new IPA. Uh, this beer went through the gamut of, uh, of of recipes before we landed on its 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 final version, and it is this really gorgeous ten hop variety tangerine IPA. It's very mild on bitterness. All the hops we use are aroma driven. The the tangerine is so much of this olfactory play on your senses at the end of the of, of the of the flavor of the sip. Um, and I think you'll you'll notice that the the hops really work in harmony to just play with that that tangerine. It's it's we use all natural ingredients whenever we mess around with. We fruit. got some serious tasters in this room. Br, how do you taste? What do you taste with when you taste this beer? Because it's kind of complicated. Yeah, it's got it's got a fantastic aroma. You know, there's a lot going on, very citrusy, um, but it's nice nice sweetness, nice mild sweetness. It's not overly hoppy, not overly aggressive in the finish. Um, which for me, I mean, I, that's my type of IPA is something that's it's more aromatic with supporting bitterness, but not like crazy kill your palate bitterness. And Anne, you called for this beer. so you- Yeah, you know, it reminds me of as soon as you peel an orange, that first peel off and it just kind of sprays just a little bit and you kind of get that aroma. That's what it reminds me of. Absolutely. Very refreshing. I, I find this beer very uh, wet. It's very moist. There's a lot of moisture in it. Uh, it's very fluid. Juicy. In that too, yeah. And it could be the wettest beer I've ever had. <laughs> Good. I like that. I like your vocabulary. This is the kind of things you say on uh, beer here, Bob. No, beer here gets very, very blue. It's uh, it's really for adults only. So, no, no, no. Uh, we let we let the interview in, interviewees do the talking for the most part uh, on the beer here pro- podcast. Can I ask what's your your experience? I mean, coming into such a saturated market, and a lot of people say, you know, at this point, if you're not in New York, 
don't come. No offense to anyone. It's just, it's so saturated. What's your experience been so far since you've been in here? Yeah, no. I mean, Aside from the launch event. Yeah. I, mean, I know we're doing No, we've, we've definitely heard it all. And, and, and really, we haven't been able to just come to New York because uh, we've been at capacity with our brewery in Fort Collins. It really took... Uh, building a second brewery in Asheville, North Carolina, to be able to come to New York the right way, um, meaning just to even dip our toe in the water of this monster market, and and we're so happy to be you know well received and and be a part of the the beer community, the craft beer community out here that has that has been you know booming for so long. So um, you know I'm I'm super stoked about I'm I'm I'm. I'm new here, so I'm wide-eyed, drinking all of the local beers and loving them, and uh, and so I we definitely appreciate it, and we're and we're humbled by, um, you know, the the scene that's already here. So Chip, you're new, so tell us about some of the launch parties. At, which of the bars you really like the launch parties at in New York City? Well, let's we're in Brooklyn right now, so I have to talk about some. Let's let's. I, we went to one at the Well that was this this really really just wild place. It's it's so big and and unassuming, uh, and they have an amazing craft beer selection. Of course, we 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 did one at Tap Room Three Hundred Seven. They had all of our beers on tap um, a, a Wednesday night, and it was it was huge. Um, some other ones that we did that were, uh, you know, we did one at uh, Brewery Lane, which is actually right down the street from my house. This, this is another thing that's kind of unique to the New York market. It's a bottle shop where well, you, you live here too. Beer. Yeah, so oh. I, I, I uh, yeah, so I, I loved uh, the, the spectrum. You know, whether it was a, a big beer bar or a small beer bar, but really just the places that that wanted to work with us. And you know, looking back on the list of places that we that we did launch promotions with, I mean, they're 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 just. I'm so happy that we're able to work with them on week one. And Phil, what are a couple bars out in uh, Long Island that you had launch parties? Uh, at? A couple bars we had out on Long Island: uh, T.J. Finley's in Bayshore, uh, Tap and Barrel in Smithtown, Jackson's Restaurant in Comac. Uh, did a couple new spots up in Huntington, Box Hall, which is like a gourmet burger spot. True North Gastro Pub. Uh, really had a, a great time. I mean, over the course of four days, we did you know close to 30, 30 launch events. We had a lot of a lot of help from some of our coworkers uh, that came in for the event. Wow, that's awesome. We're off to a great start. We're talking about all kinds of things back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. In 1996, El Knife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Whiskey 
Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we got the people from Copenhagen and Beer Here Podcast and Ambassador and uh, New Belgium guys in the room. So uh, we were talking about what it was like launching a brand in New York. Well, you know, BR, you know, in addition to, to you and Bob being a, a podcast on WFMU, you also work for an importer, Shelton Brothers. So tell us what it's like, you know, launching a brand in New York City as like a, a small brand and may, maybe mention one in particular that. You were part of. That's that's a little bit different. Um, I mean, basically, we you know we might not have quite the same support from the brewery, or else uh, you know, we just don't have a lot of availability. Um, when we bring something into every beer that we have in our portfolio is is technically available in New York. It's just a matter of making sure it's registered and getting it uh, to our distributor. Um, but you know, we'll focus on certain breweries. You, you had uh, Alejandro from Waybeer from Brazil, for example, on here a couple weeks ago. So what we'll do is he was coming through town before both Philly CBC and Copenhagen CBC, um, and so we'll do a, some events, sort of meet the brewer, because there are so many beers. Um, a lot of people are drinking local or they're drinking regionally, so we really have to do something to make it stand out. And meeting the brewer, is very, as, as Anne was saying, that's very meaningful for people to be like, oh, you're the person who created the beer. Let me ask you about it because I have no idea about beer from Brazil or, or wherever. So we'll do small launch events around the city, um, but certainly not as many as uh, New Belgium did. I would be <laughs> exhausted if I had to do all those. But uh, so good for you guys for uh, going through all that. And then did you bring this beer in? I did. I brought the Oxbow. This is the Funk House. It's a uh, farmhouse ale, dry hopped, uh, fermented with Pretanomyces. Um I brought a beer. This is we were up, uh, Bob and I, for our beer here for our podcast. We're up in both Newcastle and Portland, Maine. Visited the brewery and their blending room um, uh, after Christmas. So figured bring one of the the breweries that we were had on the podcast. Yeah, it's a really beautiful brewery to, to visit. It's pretty far. I mean, it's about an hour north of Portland, and that's far as it is. But it's really worth it if you if you're up in that area to go up to Newcastle, Maine. Visit the brewery. They, they're on a farm. They, they actually use the products they grow on the farm in the beers, in some of the beers. They have animals on the farm. Uh, it's, it's just a fairy tale setting. And uh, if you go there in the winter, it's unbelievable. It's gorgeous with all the snow, which is what we got, which was when we loved it. And then if you go in the summer, you know, you're in the woods. You can go hiking. But highly recommend it. And these are one of, this is one of the breweries that they use a cool ship. You can see the cool ship they use. And... Uh, I think it's a five-barrel cool ship. There's a lot to look at up there, and just the nature alone, uh, very unique. Bob, is that your DJ voice? Yes. <laughs> Back in five minutes. With you go on WFMU, you, you spin tunes. Uh, I started at FMU about, I think, 1997, yeah, as an overnight DJ. And uh, I, did, I only did a, re- a regular show for one half year for half year i couldn't hack it It was just too much to do with the job but uh that's what podcast is a lot easier to do on fmu but i love wfmu and one of the funniest or i don't know if it's it's funny now but uh at the time it wasn't funny uh i was doing a fill-in show i think for the general manager of the radio station and i thought oh it'd be great to have the guys from barcade on we'll do a little beer tasting on the radio and i was tremendously hung over you know because it's a Wednesday morning, so naturally. Uh, and so BR was there, uh, Paul from Barcade, Mike, Michael from Barcade. And we're just drinking beers and talking, sort of like this. Uh, except at the radio station, the DJ is also the engineer. So I ended up spilling an entire beer into the board, dis- <laughs> destroying it. David just had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was major damage. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the GM is a good friend of mine. He's a very nice guy, and he said, Bob, 
I hate to do this, but you're suspended for six months. <laughs> see you in half a year. So, so there are there are some trouble. You know, it's a good thing you have the the engineer in that room and the beer in this room. Well, this is, we're very proud to be on the Heritage Radio Network. And just so you know, there was a big CBS uh, news show. Yeah, that, that my aunt, my great yeah. aunt, texted me. I just and Aaron and, and so Emily cool. Peterson, a lot of great hosts were on that. That, that thing, and they could check it on our Facebook, heritageradionetwork.org. But talking about connections and region, all this stuff. So, Phil, you know, you're, you're with New Belgium now, and you you're worked on Long Island before. Mm-hmm. But the, the guy that I know who, who moved out to Colorado is, is Jeff Wenzel. Yeah, Jeff. Who I knew uh, from uh, up in Kingston, New York at uh, Keegan's. Keegan's. Yeah, yeah, Jeff's a good guy. And a couple years ago, what? Everyone's like, oh, he's moving out to New Belgium. Yeah, two years ago, uh, he moved out there. Uh, he works uh, in our cellar uh, for most of the time and then works uh, in our wood cellar for the rest of the time. So he gets to uh, play around with some cool uh So tell cool me, the, what's beers. the New Belgian mystique? Because I've never been to Fort Collins. I'm not from Colorado. Oh, man. we got to get you out there. <laughs> I, so when Jeff, I heard that Jeff was moving, everyone thought that was a, a great promotion for him. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's weird, you know, and I, and I asked him that, you know, because people, people ask me, you know, when I moved from my position to this position, they're like, you know, you're moving from, you know, kind of top of the ladder to to the to the bottom of the ladder it's like you know well you kind of hit a ceiling where you you know you know for me it's like i'm in a constant learning process you know so for jeff you know jeff is the head brewer at keegan ales you know so he he moved out to colorado and sure he works you know works in the cellar but you know every everybody at new belgium and one of the things that the the thing that i've learned at new belgium is they hire the right people for the right jobs you know everybody has a job to do we all do our job it's all for the greater good of the company. I mean, it's an, an employee-owned company. I'm super looking forward to to when I get uh, my employee ownership paperwork and uh, my bike on my one-year anniversary. <laughs> um, but uh, Jeff is uh, is super happy. You know, I was out there for um, for training and hanging out with him, you know, quite a bit. I mean, he put a couple good words in for me as I was going through the interview process. And, man, I, I've never seen that guy so happy. So tell me about the employee. Yeah, I love yeah that. it's really interesting because some, some, some breweries, people are growing and, you know, some people are, yeah. are getting... You know, they're merging, they're getting... Absolutely. Uh, Left-hand is employee-owned, too. I'm, I like this trend. It's yeah. a good trend. It is. It's, it's really cool. You know, when I... When hedge I, funds, that's w- the word. When, when <laughs> I started... guys are getting money from hedge funds. Hedge oh, yeah. Really. They're uh, private equity money. Um, so, yeah, when I started, we were about 40-something uh, percent ESOP employee-owned. Uh, we had employee-owned on our cans, and, um, you know, when... Uh, when when Kim you know Kim basically in 2012 sold her shares. What's her, Kim Jordan? Kim Jordan, our our, our our former CEO, who's now the head of our uh, board of directors, uh, sold all her her and her family shares back to uh, the company so that we could be 100 percent employee owned, which um, you know really just took everything kind of to the next the next level. And you know what that what that means as far as our jobs day to day is just you know it's 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 authentic uh, caring. For each other and and what what we do you know on a day to day basis so it just makes it uh, that much more you know rich to get up in the morning and sell beer which then, we're very lucky to do. What's the myth of the ranger? Because I know you have a ranger IPA. What is it? you have a patch on your hat that says what does it say? Beer ranger. Well, Phil's a beer ranger now, so why don't you talk, Phil? All right. So uh, so the beer ranger IPA, which we could actually crack open some ranger Let's in crack a minute it. here. I, I was at Waterfront Alehouse. In Manhattan, it's like 29th Street, 2nd Avenue, Sam Barbieri, long-time Good Brazil bar owner, and a competitive barbecue champion, in case you don't know that. <laughs> I, I happened to go by last night, and we, we hung out, and we had a couple of those. So Yeah, so, uh, I liked it. so Ranger IPA uh, is actually named after the Beer Rangers. Um, little known fact, or maybe it's a 
majorly known fact that New Belgium did not have an IPA until 2010. Uh, guys like Chip and, and the rest of our coworkers, you know, were out there and coming back to the mothership, which is what we call our Fort Collins Brewery, uh, saying, guys, we're, we're getting killed out there. Everybody's got an IPA. The only thing anybody wants is an IPA. We have to have an IPA. You know, our brew house, you know, uh, was built for Belgian ales. It was not built for dry hopping. It was not built for, you know, hop-heavy beers. Well, you know, uh, you know our, our founder, Jeff Liebisch, you know, is an engineer, and engineering is a huge part of what New Belgium does. So they, they figured out a way to make it work. You know, they, they went through trials and trials and trials, and the Rangers were tasting the Ranger, um, you know, until they got it right. And, uh, you know, it was uh, only fitting that they named the beer, uh, you know, our first IPA after the guys that are out there, uh, you know, feet on the street. Well, speaking of engineering and, and your brew house, <clears throat> something that's probably the most impressive to me is just how incredibly environmentally friendly you guys are. And I mean, the brew house is so efficient and just can you just speak a little bit to that and how, you know, what you do to conserve yeah, there is. It's a. It's you a whole. Talk forever about yeah, it. no <laughs> doubt. It's a whole list of things. But you know, really, what what kind of humbles me? Like, so when I lived in Colorado, when people would come to visit me, I would take them to the brewery, and that that was kind of what I became. You know, my my go to brewery tour, and and then I started meeting people that said, you know, oh, I went to New Belgium. Your brewery is like a cathedral, and I never really knew anything kind of but that as far as my you know go to brewery tour. I was I'm a fan first uh, before I'm a, an employee. But we do so much. We have uh, we have a water treatment plant on site with a like methane bubble that literally captures the the gas from the wastewater treatment that then goes to like a cogeneration thing to power some of the brewery and Phil's not that's, in the that's bananas. Phil, I don't, have I, you been in the company long yeah. enough to get a tour of the brewery? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I was with Great South Bay, we went out there for GABF every year, you know, for the past six years. So, uh, you know, it's funny when I went out for orientation, they're always like, oh, how are you liking the brewery? I was like, this is my eighth time here at the brewery. <laughs> uh, but something that I just learned from uh, from the, our coworker, Jamie Mastin of uh, Portland, Oregon, he's our Portland love master. Uh, he's been with the company long enough that his title is love master. Um, so he told me so that, that... That word ranges to assertive for Portland. Yeah, so lo- yeah. well, love for us stands for uh, living our values every day, um, and that's that's what he does. So, um, you know, for uh, he explained to me when he was out here on Long Island, uh, helped me with the launch events. He explained that when people of the people of Fort Collins come home uh, from work and you know turn on their house lights, turn on their TVs, uh, it it raises the amount of pull on the city's power, uh, and that's the time that New Belgium goes off the grid. We take the power that we are generating ourselves from the water treatment plant and such, and we go off the grid at the times that the Fort Collins residents are uh, are using the most electricity. And what about the bicycles? They're amazing. <laughs> but what is, what, what, what is the bicycle? Yeah, so, you know, the bicycle really originates back to, you know, Jeff Liebisch, our founder, his trip to the to Belgium on his specialized mountain bike. Everyone in Europe is on skinny tire bikes. And so when he's going from brewery to brewery, he kept hearing, there goes that crazy American again on his fat tire bike. So he knew he wanted to call his first beer fat tire in honor of the, the Belgian session ales that were so well balanced over there. And so that has really become the symbol of our company. It's, it's, it, to us, it's, it's all about balance and, and work-life balance. Um, and, and, and yes, you know, alternative forms of trans- transportation are, are great too. So everyone rides their bike um and that's yeah it's wow, it's authentic smiling too yeah yeah BRs of, i mean every time i see you guys you're on your bike right very yeah. nice little segue even yeah. in the city that's the way to get around it's the best way 
It sure is. Uh, now I know more, but I didn't really know that much about New Belgium, and I didn't even know what, what Fat Tire was until today. And I'm serious. But <laughs> welcome to New York, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, man. It's so cool. So we'll take another short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. Okay, here we are. We're talking about Copenhagen, New Belgium. Ann Becerra was in Italy. It's like the travel show. But um, we got a special call. And so uh, one reason we did the show is that BR and Bob um, were in the Copenhagen Beer Conference. Celebration. Celebration. That's what no I was conference me about up. it. And I want, I want to hear more about it. And we've got a, a calling guest, uh, Todd, from... Fontaflora Brewery in North Carolina, who was out there. Is he on the, the line yet, Todd? His buddy Justin's talking to him. So we, we had some of his beers. Um, I recall the one with, now I'm trying to remember if it was, uh, it was local grains, um, I believe spontaneously fermented. There were a lot of beers we drank, but the Fontaflora definitely yeah, stuck out. And I believe good. I met Todd at Spite and Dival a couple of years ago, or a year ago. So the type of brewer that went, so he's in the Appalachian region of North Carolina. He deals with a lot of like microflora stuff, some English and Belgian style beers. So yeah, it was. I mean, and, and the, the at Copenhagen, it was a mix of, of you know, as, as Bob was saying earlier, a lot of sour ales. Um, you know, then you did have some of the the bigger beer, a lot of imperial stouts. Um, uh, but all you know, everyone. Some people brought things that were either something that was very specialized for the festival or else they would bring things that were, you know, one thing would be one of their regular beers. Uh, but for us, they were all new beers because we, a lot of them we hadn't had before. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it was always, it was a good time. Uh, Todd from, from Surly Brewing uh, played the Brewer's Party, played some guitar afterwards at the Brewer's Party. So it was, it was essentially just a big, big party in Copenhagen. And Sounds then, awful. Yeah, and for you guys, as, you know, as you're working as a, a, a distributor rep, importer rep, you know, what is the Copenhagen beer scene like? The Copenhagen? It's, it's like McKellar. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much, yeah. Uh, the Mikkeller is, is ta- is, has taken over. But a um, lot of great bars, uh, lots of beer available. It's not just Carlsberg now. You know, a, as a couple of years ago would have, you know, or say like 10 years ago, you really would have found mostly light lagers. But between both uh, Yepa's, Old Boutiquen, and um, all the Mikkeller bars and, sh- and breweries and shops, it's, it's really taken off. So we got uh, Todd. Uh, are you on the line? Hey guys! Hey man! Hey Todd! Just tell us briefly about your brewery and give us some, uh, you know, some feedback on your trip to Copenhagen. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you, you said to, to tell you all about my brewery. Is that what you yeah, said first? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time I heard of it today. So. Oh great! Okay, yeah. So uh, Fontaflora Brewery. We're about two and a half years old. A little quaint town in North Carolina, in between Charlotte and Nashville. Um, we're kind of, um, I guess. If, if anybody can be known for anything, I guess we're kind of getting 
known for um, making beers with pretty place-specific ingredients, and so really trying to push the, the limits of what it means to actually brew local beer and sourcing, you know, a ton of local ingredients and then a lot of, you know, sort of heirloom ingredients uh, as, as well. So that's kind of what we strive to do, and we make a plethora of um, a, a wide range of beers stemming from, uh, you know, a lot of saisons and wild ales, uh, and then, you know, IPAs and uh, kind of like your more classic, um, you know, British-style beers as well. Um, and Todd, it was... Sorry, I hate to intro. So, um, some of our friends were just in Copenhagen. What were the beers that you 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 poured at the festival in Copenhagen? Yeah, so we we tried to we tried to showcase the kind of the, the variety of beers that we do make with uh, with the local ingredients. And so we had, um, you know, we took our our beet rhymes in life. It's a local beet saison. Uh, we took a beer called Southern saison, um, brewed with. Uh, Charleston or yeah, Charleston black tea and then lemon zest, kind of a riff on, you know, the popular southern beverage, um, you know, and then a few wild ales uh, incorporating local ingredients such as, you know, uh, raspberries in one and then peaches and nectarines in one and pears in another. Uh, so we kind of uh, we took the approach of just trying to showcase some um, a lot of our saisons and wild ales and some of them pretty funky and tart while others just kind of. Uh, plain and you know refreshing, uh, which ended up being a really nice mixture because a lot of folks were, you know, pouring big old imperial stouts and then really really heavy fruited sour ales as well. So um, I think it ended up being a, a good combination of beers. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the heritage grains you brew with? Say that again. Some of the like heritage grains and heirloom uh, ingredients that oh. you brew with. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, so we we work with a lot of um, lucky enough to have really great relationships with a lot of farmers and continue building more. I mean, even while I was gone, um, one of my bartenders sent me a text with a photo of um, some really nice looking bloody butcher corn uh, with a note from a farmer that was like, "Hey, heard heard y'all like to use this corn. I grow a lot of it." You know, so that's how I imagine how he talked anyhow. Um, <laughs> but he. So, you know, so it's just like we get approached all the time now that people kind of um, know that we embrace uh, more unusual ingredients and then especially the uh, the techniques that are involved with uh, brewing a lot of these, uh, brewing with a lot of these, especially heritage grains, because uh, a lot of them aren't malted. And so that comes with an extra an extra challenge in the in the brewing process, you know, often a longer a longer mash, you know, a cereal mash to really kind of help. Uh, you know, break those grains down in order to be fully utilized in in the actual beer. So, um, so we work with yeah a lot of a lot of really old um, North Carolina specific varieties of corn, uh, and working with a lot of spelt, wheat, rye, oats, and you know, so it's kind of um, you know, a, a lot of it. Uh, you know, I've I've learned along the way, and then I'm continuing to learn more as as I reach out to you know farmers who are you know really doing the the backbone of the work behind. You know this whole thing, and really reviving these these specific grains that uh, you know were were forgotten and would have been completely forgotten if not for you know these farmers who were doing it. Do you have a tasting room, <clears throat> excuse me, or a restaurant where you can pair it with the uh, food they grow, or the um, you know the rest of the things that these farmers grow, animals or plants or herbs? Right. Did, did you did you ask if, if yeah, we like have if you all have a restaurant here? or a tasting room where you can kind of yeah, we we so we have um it's a really small tasting room. Uh, we don't have a restaurant here. We do serve you know just kind of uh, a local meat, cheese, and cracker board. Um, but we kind of like hand you we hand we hand customers like the the packaged chunks of each with a cutting board and a knife because we can't actually 
prepare any food ourselves. So, yeah, it would be really nice. Uh, it, it would be great Sounds to one cool. day have, you know, a kitchen where we were able to uh, pair a lot of these beers I'd, I'd with like to really go specific food items. Cut, cut my own. There's always a delay with the phone. But I would like to be able to cut my own cheese at, at a bar. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, he's yeah, listening. Right? Hey. Can hear me? So just stay on the line with this talk. Sometimes of people like a lot of folks. I'm like, I don't know if I want to give you a knife right now. (laughs) Well, yeah, man. Hey, um, just stay on the phone with us. We got guys from New Belgium and uh, some WFMU cats who are just out in Copenhagen too. Uh, One thing, Todd. Were there any brewers from Europe that you met for the first time at the festival, or is it like a clubhouse where you knew everybody? No, man. So, I mean, like, we're, you know, this is new for us. You know, it's, uh, you know, we're only two and a half years old. And so to be, to be pouring at that festival was just kind of, was mind-blowing and humbling in its own right. And, I mean, the whole reason that we were there is actually because of the Shelton Brothers in the first place, um, you know, pouring beer at uh, the Shelton Festival. You know, last October in Tampa, you know, we got to meet uh, Mikel and, you know, you know, really got to shoot the shit with him for a while. And he gave, you know, I got to give him our beers and sample them and everything. And so, you know, I just kind of kept in touch after that. And, uh, you know, so that was uh, pretty monumental. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know a lot of these, um, you know, these these brewers from around the world, like, you know, everybody else seems to have really great uh, relationships with a lot of them. And so this trip was you know, just pretty instrumental in, in building building relationships and meeting brewers. You know, I mean, we got to we brewed we brewed three beers with um, you know with breweries while we were over there, and you know toured a bunch of others. And so, yeah, I mean, it was it was really incredible seeing um, seeing what's going on over there. That's cool. We're gonna keep talking about some other things too. So, um, guys, I got some questions here. Uh, this is more for the New Belgium guys. Um, a call in. My sister has celiacs and lives in Denver. Sorry. I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> and she hasn't found any gluten-free beer she likes yet. Do you guys make a gluten-free beer at New Belgium? We do. Uh, we actually have a series of beers called Gluteny. Uh, we have a pale ale and a golden ale, which uh selling quite, quite well here in the New York market. Um, we got a guy that works for our distributor. Uh, Manhattan beer out on Long Island, and uh, he came out for. Uh, we do this thing called beer school, where we bring the wholesalers out to, you know, get immersed in our culture. And the whole time he was like, "Man, I gotta try that gluteny. I gotta try that gluteny." And uh, he did the six pack challenge, and uh, yeah, he was all good, man. He's got celiacs, and he drank. Oh God, I think he probably drank like twenty beers that day. <laughs> I think if yeah. I if I lived in Colorado and couldn't drink beer, I'd find something. Else, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other culture, you guys. I'm, I'm sorry that your culture is just in decline with all your, you know, yeah. your liberal ideas. Oh, yeah. So, you guys, another question. So, Copenhagen Beer Festival, either Todd or Br or Bob. Okay, tell me a new favorite brewery that you met at this fancy festival. Because I feel like, how do you guys get to go to like Copenhagen for a beer festival? It's like, do I get invited to Sundance for a movie festival? You should. You really yeah. should. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Stockholm Brewing. Because not only the beer was great, the guy had a lot of character. He was a funny guy. He's also 80 feet tall. And I have a picture of BR, who's not 80 feet tall, standing next to him, which is just an amazing photo. Yeah, whenever I'm next to Scandinavians, who are often like Viking size, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's why they have the double seats in the airplanes. But, all right, and Todd, last question. Okay, for you, what was a, a, another brewery that you met in Copenhagen that, that you were really impressed with? 
Um, I met some folks. Uh, they were kind of in the sort of off the beaten path section of uh, of the festival. Uh, you know, just kind of part of the the local um, kind of the more like Norwegian you know type section over there. And they they have a a, a new farm brewery uh, that they were that they were working on opening up. So they weren't even quite open yet. They were called Farm or Ale Farm. And uh, they were making some really cool um, wild ales and saisons and everything. Uh, so I thought it was really, really cool for them to be uh, to be there. And they weren't even, you know, really kind of rocking and rolling yet. Great, man. And hey, what's the last beer, Chip? Uh, so this is 2016 La Folie. This is our sour brown ale aged in French oak barrels for really one, two, and three years. This is our, uh, this is the one that, all uh, all my fellow beer geeks love a lot. What do, what do people in New York really think about New Belgium? Because there's so many new breweries, and I've liked what I've tasted so far. They think the name of our brewery is Fat Tire. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a, I never knew that New Belgium was in Colorado. Uh, I think you give respect where respect is due. You know, you can sit there and want to have the newest thing and the coolest thing and the most exciting thing. But when you look at the practices and the way they've been so consistent on such a large scale, I think, you know, you have to give credit where credit's due as a New Yorker. We, we, we got something for everybody. You know, it's uh, the, the, the fans of our IPAs are not in love with Fat Tire, right? The people that love our, our wood age sour stuff, you know, they love what we do with, with, with sour beer. And we've got one of the you know largest Fooder farms, sixty-four uh, it, fooders. It, yeah, in, wow. in the in the country, and it's we're we're lucky like that that we have a portfolio that can appeal to yeah, all types. Of people. I was I was expecting more of that. I'm, I'm glad you popped. So what's the one again? It's the Luffle. Uh, this is Luffle. So this is our our dark sour brown ale that we we basically take the best three barrels of a beer that we affectionately refer to as Oscar, which is our dark sour, and we blend uh, the best three each year that are ready to go uh, to make that year's version. Vintage of Lafayette, and Br, you just made you brought another sour beer, and also yes, I did. So that was another uh, brewery, Les Trois Mousquetaires, from Quebec uh, in Brossard, just across the river from Montreal. Uh, it's one we did uh, an interview with them for beer here, uh, also back I believe around Christmas time. Um, it's a, it is a, a brewery that Shelton Brothers imports, but we try on beer here. We have a lot of contacts with brewers. We're able to get some very interesting and creative brewers on our show, but we do try to focus more on, you know, people come through New York, talk to, to local brewers, to domestic brewers, to bar owners. We'll do, we did an anniversary uh, podcast with uh, Blind Tiger, uh, with Dave Broderick and Catherine, also with um, Mission Dolores. But uh, so this but this particular beer from Les Trois Mousquetaires is not one that Shelton Brothers imports. It's only available in Canada. Um, and it's called Ceci n'est pas en goose, uh, a little bit of a play both for the, the Belgian surrealist Maigrette um, and Ceci n'est pas peep, and the fact that you can't call it a goose it's because a it's yeah. not made in Brussels. But this is a, it's a blend of one, two, and three-year-old uh, of lambic, or goose lambics. Thanks, Peachy. Yeah, man, you guys have been, you're always one of my favorite cast beer. And last one, so Phil, so talk about recaps of, of recent shows on Beer Sessions Radio. Last week we had on the, the food and beer authors, Yeppe and, and Daniel Burns and Taurus and Luxus. So you said you listened to that show. I listened to that show, and uh, yeah, I went on Amazon.com. You bought the and, book. And what was your takeaway from, from the book or the show? Uh, well, you know, the takeaway for the, from the show was uh, my wife and I actually uh, did the tasting menu at Luxus. Uh, a friend, of, a good friend of ours, uh, got it for us as a wedding gift uh, got us a gift certificate to to luxus and uh to go do that that tasting menu and it was amazing and my, and my wife is uh, allergic to shellfish and uh 
<laughs> Anne's making faces at me. She um, is a great wife. She are you going to make an anti-shellfish beer? So, uh, so no. So what's interesting is that is that you know we had actually met Daniel uh, just hanging out at Taurus, and we're like, hey, you know, we have this gift certificate. Um, you know, we want to come down, and I, I explained to him. I said, you know, I noticed that there's a lot of a lot of fish on your menu, and he goes, yeah, just give us a call. You know, about a week or so before you're coming, uh, and we will absolutely accommodate. Uh, your food allergies, and it was amazing. We sat at the at the counter and watched them plate everything, and it was it was an amazing experience. Gentlemen, we we went to tours last week out for the show, and we got to hang out with Daniel in the kitchen. And uh, sorry you missed it, Hank, because oh. we're in Italy. <laughs> yeah, but you know. And last, just give it a quick wrap up, Anne. Everyone, just say your name and anything else you want to add before we close out. Yeah, and Sarah, I'm just so excited to be drinking beer today. I've been a little under the weather, so this is a nice welcome back. Uh, and thank you again for having us. We're so excited to be in, in New York and, and, again, just to be a part of the amazing craft beer community that already exists here. Chip, Chip Newell. All right, man. <laughs> and you guys. Beer here, kids. BR Rolia with beer here. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Beerhere.blogspot.com. Actually, Yankee games. Beer here. Beer here. <laughs> Actually, one of our first podcasts was the Good Beer Seal. Yeah. So Jimmy is definitely prominently... Represented on beer here, so I almost like cousins. Well, congratulations! Hey, you know we're interviewing people about beer shows on beer shows. You That's know, the so. way it should be, Why right? So that's so a lot of fun, and, and we're on to like our fifth beer. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Great guests tonight: Br, Bob, Phil, and Chip from New Belgium, and Todd. Thanks for calling in from Fontefleur Brewing in North Carolina. Yeah, that was a treat. Thanks for having me, guys. Really excited to try your beer. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors for helping bring this podcast to you tonight. And thanks for joining me on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy. And to our engineer tonight, David Tadashore. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo woo woo. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.